Over the course of your life, there have probably been people who have said things to you that brought encouragement, help, and healing. Sadly, I suspect the opposite is also true. There have probably been people who have used their words as weapons against you. In Romans 3, Paul offers a warning about our words. Far too often, humanity is characterized by deceptive and destructive communication. Stephen called this lesson an examination of the tongue. I don't know about you, but every time I've gone to the doctor to be checked out, the doctor always does the same thing. I guess they all learned this in medical school, that you begin by taking that little wooden popsicle stick, putting it in the patient's mouth until they gag, and command, say, ah, which, of course, makes you gag even more. Well, the truth is a good physician knows that the mouth is a key window into the physical condition of the body. Well, our Lord happens to be the divine physician, and and he is no less thorough. He knows that our tongue, our mouth, our speech, is a window into our heart. In fact, the Bible puts it this way, what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, Matthew chapter 15 and verse 18. Well, in this inspired description of humanity, the Apostle Paul is revealed in verses 10 through 12 who we are. Well, now here in verses 13 and 14, he takes a look at what we say. And let me tell you, what we say is revealing, powerful, convicting. You know, our words can make or break a marriage, a family, a family relationship, a church, It should be no surprise that as Paul describes human sinfulness, he gives us this divine diagnosis. He's going to make four statements here about our true condition. Here's the first one. The throat, the mouth, that is, exposes hidden depravity. Now, Paul is actually quoting here from Psalm chapter 5 and verse 9, as Paul writes, their throat is an open grave. More literally, this would be translated, the throat is an opened grave. Now, just as the opening of a grave reveals death and and decay within it, so the opening of the mouth reveals death and decay that's down there in the human heart. Have you ever uh, lifted the hood of an automobile and looked inside? You know, it might be shiny and clean on the outside of of the automobile, but under that hood, well, there's a lot of dirt a lot of grease. You can't even check the oil gauge without getting your hands all dirty. Well, uh, open the hood of your heart, that is the mouth. And apart from the cleansing work of Christ, you're not going to find much down there but dirt and the grease of sin. Now, Paul's second diagnostic observation is that the tongue produces great deception. He writes here in verse 13, they use their tongues to deceive The Greek word for deceive here means to lure. Uh, A fisherman would uh, use this word as he refers to putting bait on a hook to deceive a fish. I mean, that fish thinks it's going to get something for dinner, but the fisherman is the one that's going to have dinner in the end. Well, the truth is we can deceive one another, and the fallen human heart is good at deception. 
We demonstrated this at a very young age. You know, I never had to teach my children how to tell a lie, but I had to work really hard at teaching them to tell the truth. Now, don't misunderstand. Unbelievers can tell the truth. But Paul isn't referring to singular acts of speech, but to the fallen nature of our speech, our human heart. Humanity has, a, has an ability, an intuitive skill to deceive one another. Deceiving out of fear, uh, perhaps deceiving for financial gain. Maybe it's deceiving by exaggeration. Maybe it's deceiving through promises someone doesn't uh, plan to keep or deceiving by withholding the truth, deceiving by means of flattery. I mean, these are just a few of the reasons and ways the tongue is used to deceive others. But with that, Paul gives us the third result from this divine examination. Here it is. The lips produce untold damage. He writes here in verse 13, the venom of vipers is under their lips. Well, obviously, this isn't very flattering, but Paul is telling us the truth. He's effectively saying that underneath the human tongue is a, is a sack of venom, and we can use our words to strike at each other, to hurt each other, like a, like a snake that injects venom with its fangs. So our words can hurt. Our mouths, beloved, are, are dangerous weapons. No wonder Solomon wrote in Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So think about it. Are you building your children up today? Are you, are, are you injecting encouragement and life into your marriage, your church, your, your workplace? Or are you tearing it all down, poisoning everything and everyone around you with destructive and discouraging words. That's the power of the tongue. Well, now Paul gives us his fourth and final diagnostic result from this divine examination, and here it is. The mouth reveals internal despair. Paul writes here in verse 14, their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. The Greek word for curses here refers to discrediting, it refers to defaming another person. Uh, in the same way mankind curses God, using his, his name in ways that discredit his holy character. You know, I've never heard anybody curse using the name of Buddha or Allah. It seems like it's, it's got to be the name of God or, or the name of God's Son, Jesus Christ. Well, there's a favorite expression of profanity. Let me tell you, profanity is the language of a heart that is far from God. Some time ago, I was having lunch with a very wealthy real estate investor and his wife. They'd just begun visiting the church I pastored, and I had the sense that he wanted to impress me and be given some form of prestige, some position of power in the church. Early on during lunch, he, he let slip a curse word in his conversation. I, I could tell his wife was mortified. She looked down, blushing. He kept talking as if he'd said nothing wrong, and I just kept eating. A little later on, another curse word slipped out in his conversation. Eventually, he said, Pastor, I, I want to know how I can make a significant contribution in the life of your church. I, I said, 
uh, well, what I think you need to do is come to church for a while and grow up in your walk with Christ. Let the Word of God change your heart. Because, you know, while we've talked, you've used profanity. And if you've used it with me, it lets me know you've got some spiritual growing to do first. You know, his wife sat there nodding her head quietly in agreement. Well, we didn't stay for dessert, and I hate to say it, but I never saw him again. Beloved, we are the children of the king. Don't use the language of the gutter. Stay away from vulgar language, off-color jokes and comments. Ask the Lord to clean up your vocabulary for his glory. See, according to the Apostle Paul's description of fallen humanity in this passage, one of the most distinctive differences between an unbeliever and a believer is their vocabulary. He writes here in verse 14 that the unbeliever's mouth is full of curses and bitterness. The word bitterness refers to hostility and anger and resentment in the human heart. So if there's bitterness in the heart, it's going to come out through the mouth. If there's hatred in the heart, it's going to be expressed through the mouth. If there's resentment in the heart, it's going to spill out through the mouth. Jesus said, again in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, let me tell you, beloved, let me encourage you. Becoming a Christian doesn't automatically erase the problem. We need to constantly examine our hearts for sinful attitudes that, uh, you know, keep slipping out through our conversation. In the book of Colossians, chapter 4 and verse 6, Paul is writing to Christians. Note that, to Christians, when he says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. In other words, just as salt enhances the flavor of food, so we ought to enhance the flavor of life. We ought to season our speech with appropriate words, season our conversations with choice words. It's going to add the flavors of grace and kindness and wisdom to everything you touch in life. Well, what are some of the words that can season your vocabulary with grace and kindness? Well, let me give you a few that you are probably taught in childhood. Uh, They're just as important as you grow older. You ought to dust them off and use them again. Words like, please, thank you, I appreciate what you did, I'm sorry, I was wrong, I love you, I forgive you. Maybe today you can begin to season your marriage, your parenting, your, your work environment, your church, your world, uh, by communicating words like those. Let, let's learn to pray this little prayer I memorized many years ago. It goes like this. Oh, Lord, fill my mouth with worthwhile stuff and then nudge me when I've said enough. <laughs> it's a good prayer, isn't it? And Well, I suppose that means that I've said enough for today. Until we set sail again next time, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Thanks for listening today. This is The Wisdom Journey. Stephen Davy is your teacher, and he's taking you through the entire Bible in this series. We have a lesson for you each weekday, 
and I hope you'll join us for this entire journey through God's Word. If you have a comment, a question, or would like information about our ministry, you can send us an email if you address it to info at wisdomonline.org. We have a section on our website where Stephen answers Bible questions that have come in from listeners like you. If you're reading the Bible and come across something you'd like clarified, or if you have a question about a matter of theology or the Christian faith, send it to us. Once Stephen has answered it, we'll post it to our website. Once again, our email address is info at wisdomonline.org. You can use that for any communication you have with us. Our phone number is 866-48-BIBLE. That's 866-48-BIBLE, and I hope we hear from you. Please join us next time to continue along the wisdom journey.